You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. Do my prejudices influence communication of the gospel? What is my position as a Christian on mission? Is Christianity compatible with other religious expression? Is evangelism simply white colonization? Do all expressions of faith lead to the same ultimate outcome? We can boldly face the relativism that is influencing missions and overtaking the clear message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us as we discuss complex issues facing the local church as it serves Christ in obedience to the Great Commission. This is Mission of the Nations with host Grant Fawcett. Good morning. Welcome to Mission of the Nations podcast. We have a special guest with us here on this snowy, crisp, freezing cold New Brunswick morning. And uh, Tyler Hill has agreed to join us and to discuss with us uh, an important aspect of missions. Part of what we want to talk about on Mission of the Nations are some of those things uh, that are unspoken or don't get discussed or are often misunderstood with respect to missions and missiology. And today, the subject that we're going to discuss is one that can often bring tension and discomfort for almost everyone, uh, and that is the topic of money, funding, finances, support raising, uh, the relationship with the church as a result of that, and our work and how we express it through that. So Tyler, welcome, and it's nice to have you here this morning. Yeah, thanks. It's a... Uh... It's uh, great to be here. I've uh, really uh, enjoyed being a part of this podcast in the past, uh, helping out with the editing, and I'm glad to be here uh, this morning uh, to be able to lend a little bit of a little bit of insight, I guess, just from very recent, still ongoing personal experience on this tu- on this subject. Mm-hmm. Um, my my wife Heidi and I are uh, right in the middle of this process, uh, learning still very much as we go, um, experiencing a lot of those things that you described. Uh, you know the uncomfortableness, the 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 fear of of money, speaking about it with different people, uh, the challenges within the church and things like that. So, uh, no, really glad to to be here this morning. Um, thank you for. Uh, inviting me along and yeah, and be part of it. to give some history, Tyler is a third generation missionary now, right? Yes, and you have quite a long history here at Arrowhead, yes. and probably had a perspective of as a child of what it meant to live on faith support, and mm-hmm. now doing that yourself. So that'll be interesting to talk about a little bit over the course yep. of the morning. But why don't you just? let people know your relationship with Arrowhead a little bit. Yeah, so uh, my dad, Roger Hill, uh, and Janice Hill, my mom, uh, were instrumental in the foundation of Arrowhead uh, back in 80, in the late 80s. 88. 88. Uh, and so I was born in 1990, uh, kind of right around the time when the, the lodge was um, going up or being finished kind of right around that time. So I grew up here. Uh, this was a, 
a big part of my life. It was like the main part of my life for many years. Um, you know, when we, uh, we lived in the mini home across the street where you and your family live now for many years and, uh, you know, saw a lot of different, you know, first nation kids come through here, uh, built a lot of friendships, relationships over the years, uh, both with the campers and with, uh, the staff of the different missionaries in the area. Uh, so it was a, it was instrumental, uh, really in this journey of God bringing us here to this point of being involved in missions ourselves. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, speaking with, you know, Andrew Arden, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, he, you know, he, he brought up a while back during staff devotionals, you know, IATS. You know, it's always the staff. Yeah, it's always the staff. It's always the staff. That, we'll have to have a podcast about that. <laughs> yep, you know, and, and just the amount of trouble uh, and and stuff that we caused as staff kids. Um, you know, there's there's a reality of of this third third culture kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as missionary kids and as and and pastors' kids are also kind of in that category. Third culture, they don't really know where they fit in, right? Um, you know, so they just wind up causing problems. Um, <laughs> you know, innocently a lot of the times, but you know, so growing up in that was extremely influential uh, in in the direction and the life choices that my wife Heidi and I have made, mm-hmm. uh, and so. Uh, once I had graduated from high school, I did three years, uh, at New Brunswick Bible Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's when I met Heidi, mm-hmm. we got married. And then a year after our, we were married, we spent, uh, doing our fourth year, uh, my fourth year through MBBI. And uh, Heidi wasn't a student. She wasn't. It a was student. a kiss the cook kind of it a situation. W- literally. Yeah. Uh, she was, uh, <laughs> she was the chef, one of the cooks at the, at MBBI. She was on staff, yeah. a lot of hoops to jump through to, to make that work. A lot of awkward, weird, awkward conversations with different people. <laughs> yeah. Um, how come he got more mashed potatoes? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there was at one point we had received complaints that, um, I was spending too much time in the dining room. Uh, so I did have to be a little bit careful, but, yeah. uh, you know, we, we moved to Ireland for three months, uh, on the mission field and, uh, loved it. And through that process really solidified, um, the direction, um, the understanding of where God was leading us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even now today, I can't see myself being anywhere else, but you know, that's a little bit about who I am, where I've come from. Mm-hmm. Currently pastoring a little church just outside of Chipman, mm-hmm. um, in the while we're in the process of of raising our support, which we'll get into um, in a little bit. And you know, we're looking at uh, now going to um, the area of the world that's referred to as the Balkans uh, to to serve in a, a capacity there uh, uh, with the possibility of doing teaching English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, career business's mission as almost as a, as a umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to getting there. We're, so we're in the process of raising our support, making connections, uh, networking is the big, that's the word I've been thinking of recently. The last couple of weeks is networking, mm-hmm. uh, and what that looks like, mm-hmm. uh, for myself as a, uh, cross-cultural m- ministry worker, uh, and looking to, for networking mm-hmm. with the local church. Yeah. And support raising is, I mean, it's something that most people who are in the church understand 
the dynamic of how that works. Missionaries go to the field. They visit churches to build a team of prayer and financial supporters to enable them to go to the field. Um, that is a, a, a normal church culture understood thing. When my wife and I first uh, came to Arrowhead, we were both working in secular jobs and nobody seemed to understand what, what we were talking about. You mean other people are going to pay you to go work at this camp. And that was sort of really confusing. Um, so we have to be careful or we had to be careful that we didn't take for granted that people understood the dynamic of that. Yeah. But there's a lot of different arms to, I mean, we use the term support raising or deputation. It's not just a simple matter of we need to find people who will send us money so that we can work and serve God full time. Yeah. It's, there's what the mission has for an expectation. Every mission agency has a different expectation for their workers and how much they need to raise. There's administrative fees that that mission will take, and that's different in every organization. Yeah. Then there's the, inter the relationship with the church. Um, you have healthy churches and you have unhealthy churches, and that's something missionaries need to be aware of when they're visiting those churches. And then you have individuals that support um, and, and relationships with all of those people. And then you have your responsibility to stewardship and how you're using your time and how you're using those funds and how people expect that you're using those funds. So those are all like, that's it. We could probably talk for three hours. We're not going to, but there's a lot to think about when it comes yeah. to this and, and how relationships can be affected by this financial dynamic that can exist. Um, and so, so I want to walk through that a little bit in, in a somewhat organized way. Um, but why don't we start organizationally? Because typically the first thing people encounter when they feel called to missions is what organization am I going to go with? Mm -hmm. And how yeah. are they interacting with me with respect to yeah. step one? Step one typically is, you know, applying and getting accepted and then fundraising. So how, what are their expectations? And, and so I know here with NCEM, there's an expectation that they've set a budget and they, they have this expectation that we're going to raise a certain percentage of that budget in order to be able to exist on the field. Yeah. Um, they've communicated to us here that even though it may feel like that's a higher amount than we need, they don't want us to have to be confronted with financial woes on a monthly basis yeah. so that we can focus our energies and attention on the ministry. Yeah. But what, what is your experience with that? Because you're potentially looking at going somewhere in a different part of the world. Yeah. And so yeah. the, the, the financial impact of that is more significant than living in New Brunswick. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the organization that Heidi and I are a part of is called Cross World. Uh, they're based out of Kansas City, uh, Missouri. Uh, they do have a Canadian office in Mississauga. Uh, but, you know, for us, that application process um, was a lengthy one. It involved uh, two weeks of candidate orientation in Kansas City, uh, where uh, first and foremost, we fell in love with the organization. You know, they, um, they kind of put us through the ringer a little bit on our own sp spiritual and, you know, spiritual well-being about just making sure that we were at a place, not that we were perfect, but we were at a place where we were as prepared as possible before we ever started thinking about money, uh, which I so am thankful for. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, so we had this thing called the personal development plan that we had to go through uh, a few books that we had to read, a few things that we needed to, to work on and figure out before we were ever allowed to start thinking about money, uh, which I'm so glad that we did. And so when we finally got around to this, the financial aspect of things, uh, they set the budget uh, and it is uh, based off of uh, a, a chart that they have for around the globe because not every country is the same. Uh, just as different as it is from Ireland to here or the, the Balkans to here, uh, you know, those two places are so different. Uh, and so where you're going determines on how much uh, you need to live because it's cheaper to live in, you know, some African countries than it is to say if you were going to Germany. Um, right. And so the breakdown of that, and as we've gone through that, you know, one of the biggest things and kind of the most surprising things is, is we look at something like healthcare, you know, as Canadians, we, we have access to that. Mm. Um, but the minute you leave this country, you know, you don't have that anymore. Right. And so we have a just over 2000 portion dollar portion of our support that goes towards, um, benefits. Okay. And of that $2,000 benefit package, 1200 of it is dedicated to healthcare hmm. to have equivalent healthcare as if we were still living in Canada. I'm actually overseas. surprised that it's that low. If I'm being honest, it is, it's, it's, I, we are, we are too, yeah. that it's not as high, but that's still it. When you have those things, it adds mm -hmm. up quick. It sure does. Yeah. You know, but when you think of, you know, $1,200, if I had to pay $1,200 now, you know, for my healthcare, I, I probably would just opt not to have it. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but, and then, so our, we have coaches that are kind of walking us walking with us through this process as well. And the different coaches in CrossWorld are the ones who decide the percentage that we have to raise before we're able to go to the field. Okay. Um, and so our coaches are dear friends of ours who I've known since I first went to Ireland, my freshman year of Bible school. Okay. I met them over there. Uh, that's where they were serving. They had served there for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Uh, their, their life their missionary life was lived, uh, in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And so they've, they've set, and they set this with all of the people that they oversee is a hundred percent of our financial goal. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was, that was a hard pill to swallow when we first were confronted with that. But as we've thought about it and, and talked to them about it, you know, the reality is for someone like yourself serving here in New Brunswick, mm -hmm. Uh, it's significantly easier for you to get in your truck or your car and drive a couple hours to a church or to someone that you know mm -hmm. and and put out that call and say, "Hey, we are uh, we're in need of more finances. We need more. Uh, we need three or four more percent mm -hmm. uh, than it is for us overseas to right. hop in a plane and come back." Uh, and there's this there's a part of support raising where letters are good, mm -hmm. uh, but they're extremely impersonal. Mm -hmm. um, and in it, and one of the things cross world, the cross world president says, uh, as we're going through a funding your ministry course is in an increasingly impersonal world, we need to develop an extremely personal approach to support raising. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so identifying ways that we can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and letters is kind of at the bottom of, of that list. Right. Uh, and so it's just, when you get to the field, if something happens and you lose a 5%, 
Right. It's an incredibly more difficult to get that back. And, well, and I think that brings a point up that we could, we could talk about is that people don't realize the impact that their financial support has for missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when we first started with, uh, with NCEM, we ran a campaign personally called the uh, Bucket Brigade mm-hmm. and it gave people only two options, either five or $10 a month because it was a small amount and it gave people sort of the freedom to not feel compelled to give a lot if they didn't have a lot. So we had a number of people that joined that particular program and they, they would give the five or $10 a month. And it can be easy, I think, for someone to think, oh, my five or $10 isn't doing very much, but it, it does far more than they think. Like when someone doesn't or stops or can no longer do it, it does have an impact Mm. that, that we feel and notice because, you know, it's paying our bills and you know, I don't know what my salary is going to be at the end of every month. Um, and that five or $10 can, can mean the difference between buying milk or not buying milk, right? Like it, I mean, we we live in an age of credit cards and so, so it's a little different than it was maybe even 30 years ago. But, um, at the end of the day, every dollar matters as, as a missionary. And, and I can't imagine what it must be like on the field to all of a sudden just not have income. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty important aspect. You know, I, growing up as a missionary kid, you know, there was, you know, as a, as an adult now and being able to talk to my mom and dad about it, um, you know, we, you know, we talk about times where, you know, there wasn't enough, you know, we, there wasn't full support, Mm -hmm. uh, and what that looked like. And, you know, I thank God for my parents Mm -hmm. because they had the wisdom and the ability to navigate those waters in such a way that me as the youngest of three boys mm-hmm. grew up in my, grew up my entire life being completely unaware of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that we had an abundance, um, but never once did I feel like we didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, but being able to, to now as an adult sit down and talk to them about that and, you know, and say, well, how did you, how do you handle those type of situations? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh, and then... Um, you know, just being thankful for that reality of, you know, my, how my parents walk through that is, is incredible. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, and you know, and looking at what that, what that's going to look like for my own family. Right. Um, you know, I have three boys, Yeah. you know, and you know, an exact, almost picture perfect replica of what my, what my family was like growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. mom, dad, three boys. Um, you know, and, and trying to, to learn to navigate those waters and, and, and understanding that, you know, you can't create a budget overnight. You can't, you can't just will yourself to, um, to follow a budget. Uh, it's, it's not always that simple. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, if you're going to set a budget, you have to have the income to match, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, but learning how to, um, as you, as you said, kind of, as we were starting talking about a good stewardship and, and knowing how to, how to handle your own finances and, and being able to say, okay, I may not have a lot, but with what I do have, I can do what I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's another part of this too, stewardship, right? Yeah. Because there's an expectation and I think pastors feel the same tension because of the way that they're paid, but there can be an expectation of missionaries that they have the highest level of stewardship possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that that particular expectation is wrong, but then 
Then there's a little sort of parenthetical idea behind that that says, but I don't have to. Like, like there seems to be sometimes an expectation that because we receive our support, support from individuals that we have to be living sort of the most Amish kind of life that we possibly could, that we, we shouldn't have any superfluous, um, possessions that we should do nothing superfluous with our time. Um, I've, I've even had comments made to me, you know, about my vehicle. And there, yeah. there's this, this idea that stewardship means that you live in poverty, that yeah. your expectation for support should be no more than the poorest Canadian. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I, I, that's just a reality, I think, of mission culture. It sort of harkens back to the idea of used tea bags. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Yeah. Like we've called our clothing shop here at Arrowhead, the mission barrel, because that sort of is a throwback to the old mission barrel that used to be at the church that people would put things in and that yeah. they would ship off goods to the missionary yeah. and people would save their tea bags and send used tea bags off to the missionaries because that's all the missionaries really needed because if the expectation was that that's sort of the degree of life they've yeah. chosen and stewardship and all that yeah. kind of thing. And so it can be difficult as a missionary trying to raise, you know, whatever the, the mission budget is, $45,000 a year or 50 of income, uh, in a culture where you shouldn't have anything newer than a 10 year old car. Yeah. Right. And, and, yeah. and I don't think that biblical stewardship lends itself to that kind of thinking. Um, you know, the, the decisions that we make as missionaries are sometimes difficult ones. And I think we're responsible to God, but it can be hard to live receiving support and having those tensions you know, I, I know missionaries who have gone on vacation and kept it a secret from absolutely everybody just because mm -hmm. they're afraid that their supporters will be upset that they went on vacation. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's a whole, there's a whole culture that surrounds that when it comes to support raising. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, that's, it's a, so true. And, you know, that's something that Heidi and I have talked about at great length and, you know, one of the things I said to her recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, I said, you know, I just kind of an observation, um, you know, a gift given with an expectation isn't really a gift. Hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's giving something and expecting a certain, you know, that's, that's what you do when you go into a store hmm. and you buy something, right? You give them money with the expectation of receiving a good Right. of goods. Yeah. Uh, and, and when, uh, when we talk about tithing, we talk about giving in the church, you know, we are, that is it. That's exactly what we're doing. We are giving a gift and a gift can't have expectations attached to it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as, as we've gone through this process, you know, I've been kind of brought to a passage of scripture in numbers chapter 18, uh, which is God is, he's dividing up the, the nation of Israel uh, and giving out each tribe their, their property. And he comes to the Levites, mm -hmm. you know, and he, um, he basically, he says to them, he's like, I've given, uh, starting in, in 21, he says to the Levites, I have given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance in return for their service that they do their service in the tent of meeting. And he goes through and he talks about, uh, as he, as, as Moses writes uh, a little further, you know, he's talking about, you know, the people giving, the best of what they have 
as a tithe to the Levites for their work mm-hmm. in the tent. And then he talks about the Levites taking that gift that they've been giving and in turn tithing on their tithe mm-hmm. and giving the best. And, you know, as speaking, you know, as, as you talked about the mission barrel and what that was like in the days, like it's when we talk about giving and when we practice giving and tithing, it needs to come from a place of giving the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goes for me too, as a, as a, as a missionary, as a, a career missionary, you know, the responsibility is on me as well to tithe and to give, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that we were, it was stressed on us during candidate orientation is that we need to make sure that we are also supporting a missionary. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really have the right to ask, uh, to look for supporters if we're not doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the, the funny thing is about that is we had promised a couple that we would support them. And then we had started our support raising process and nothing, we weren't getting any traction. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Heidi and I both started to feel convicted about the fact that we hadn't started our own support. And when we had, uh, I think it was, I had gone online, filled out the, the application for it, and we had started, set a date for it to start. And I'm not kidding, like three or four days later, you know, the first amount of support started showing up in our account. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and there's that reality as, as God's workers Mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the, the thing is, is God's people supporting God's workers is biblical. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in the, in the, the relationship of the Levites with the other tribes. You see it uh, with Paul in the book of Philippians when he's talking to the, the church in Philippi, you know, and, and thanking them for their, their gift. Uh, you know, there's a, that course that we're doing is based on a book uh, called Funding Your Ministry, Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on the, the author, Scott Morton. Maybe. Maybe. Um, we'll put a link to it in yeah. the uh, liner notes. Um, but there's a, there's a part in it where it says, God is the source, not our donors, not our plans, and not our hard work. Mm. Um, and looking at finances in that way mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, our gifts... Uh, need to be vertical, mm-hmm. not horizontal. It's not me giving you money. Right. It's me giving God money and God giving you money. Yeah. I have been in churches before where passionate, well-meaning pastors will um, be, during a missions conference, really appealing to the congregation to give to missions. And sometimes they can tend to overspeak. And they, and they overcome the reality of what you just said by suggesting that the missionaries in their work somehow deserve the congregants money. And, and I think that it's important for us to, as a part of this conversation, identify that we don't deserve anything. We are not entitled to anything. And that, sure, there are missionaries out there who exude an attitude of entitlement or, or something, but that's just not a reality. Um, yeah. scripturally and biblically, we deserve nothing. Yeah. Um, what is the reality is what you've just said, that giving is meant to be to God and every missionary is accountable to God for their funds, just like every construction worker, carpenter, lawyer, and accountant. Like we have to, as Christians, give account for the, the, the stewardship of our money to the same degree as, as every yeah. Christian on the planet. Yeah. Um, and, and we don't deserve any of it just like no one does. Yeah. Um, so, the dynamic of having to go to churches and ask for funding 
creates a tension because there can be this sort of unspoken feeling that, oh, they think they deserve this money. And although there may be some that do give to a missionary who recognizes that they don't deserve it, um, that their service is simply to God and his provision comes through his saints. Uh, And I think that that's an important distinction. So I don't want anyone to listen to this podcast and think at the end, oh, you know, these two guys think they deserve some of our money. That's not the reality. We're just trying to flesh out some of the tensions that exist in this weird, it's not, it's not a natural relationship. The one between like finances and, and, and missions, like it's, it's a tool. Yeah. Money is just a thing so that we can do the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is too, is, you know, while, you know, God's people supporting God's workers is biblical and we see that in different places. The reality is, is Paul taught that also tent making ministries are biblical as well. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to do business and support your ministry, being able to operate a startup um, in a different country that allows you to have employees working with you, mm-hmm. where it's still turning you a profit, still mm-hmm. making you income. Mm-hmm but allowing you to be in a place where you're cultivating relationships, which turn into discipleship, which turn into sharing the gospel with people, seeing people come to know Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, I said uh, when I was, we were just at a church uh, this past Sunday up in the Miramichi. And, you know, I said, the thing is, is if we get to the end of the day and anything, you look at everything that we do, if the stuff that we're involved in, is not allowing us to live in discipleship relationships, then we need to evaluate what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that goes for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a career missionary. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're a carpenter. It doesn't matter if you're just a guy that washes dishes at some restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if your actions don't lend themselves to be able to build authentic relationships, which lead to discipleship in some way, mm-hmm. then we need to take a step back and say, you know, Maybe I need to just simply reorganize my priorities. Right. I can still do what I'm doing, but do I need to reorganize my time? Yeah. And that's, and that's a big conversation we could have. Cause I mean, I don't know yeah. how many family gatherings I go to where as the professional Christian, I'm asked to pray for the meal, <laughs> right? There's this, and, and that exists in the church too. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. there's this idea that because you're a missionary, you're somehow a professional Christian and, and that takes the responsibility off me for having, having to do any mission myself. Yeah. And I, and I think that there are some church groups and like, I'm not trying to single anyone out in particular, but there are some church groups that, that look at their missions program strictly with financial eyes. Yeah. These are the people we support. We have accomplished our responsibility for missions, but then nobody does anything themselves in, in the kind of way that you're talking about. And, and that is a, that is an unhealthy relationship with funds as well that can exist. Um, you know, with a church paying a missionary and it, it becomes, yeah. the missionary becomes an employee of the church instead of a servant of God. Yeah. But I, I like what you say too, because I, like I've known missionaries in Northern Canada who have labored and labored and, and worked in community. And then they abandoned their support, their financial support entirely and got a job at like a diamond mine. And then the opportunities they had just flourished. Yeah. They had built the relationships as a missionary over years. And then it was when they started working with the people yeah. that the relationship started to flourish. So, so money isn't missions yeah. and support isn't missions, but it does enable in many contexts for us to work. Yeah. Um, but the relationship has got to be 
in there. I, I really appreciate what you shared about that. Yeah. Absolutely. There, there's another reality that can exist. And I think it creates cynicism among people when it comes to missions and money is that there can be so much corruption. I mean, we know about mission agencies where the CEO or the head of the agency was, you know, pilfering money and, you know, goes to jail. Um, there are missionaries who are on the field and they, they operate in such a capacity that no one's really even aware that they just don't do anything. Yeah. Um, and so that makes people cynical about giving money and, and rightly so. Yeah. Um, what, what can we do to, as missionaries and what can people as donors do to help overcome that mystery? Like, I wonder if, you know, my, the missionary I'm supporting, what are they doing? Because at the end of the day, you're not giving $5 to a missionary. Yeah. You are participating in their ministry. Yeah. So if you're giving $5 a month to a missionary and they're operating in disobedience, then by extension, you are a active participant in their disobedience. So, mm -hmm. so how can we, I think you've already answered this, but, but how can we overcome that as missionaries and how can people who are sitting out there thinking about all the missionaries they're giving to right now and wondering what they're doing, Mm -hmm. How how can they solve yeah. that problem? Well, it, it comes back to that um, reality of understanding like everything that we have is from God. Mm -hmm. uh, and when we give, we give to him. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's not to say, the, the reality is, is, like you say, there's always going to be that pang of wonder, mm -hmm. you know, as to what people are going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, there's, as we, as we go through that process and as we, um, reaffirm and as we study it and as we, you know, pray about it, uh, we hopefully, and, and, and on both sides, because this is a, this, the support development process is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the reality is, is that when we start to sit down and talk about money, it doesn't matter who you are, it's mm. an uncomfortable topic. Yeah. Nobody likes to talk about it. Um, but the expectations that we as quote unquote career missionaries have placed on us based on our finances, they're not necessarily, they're not evil. Mm. You know, a lot of them are, you know, good, you know, good stewardship, accountability, you know, um, you know, a proper understanding of finances and where they come from and what they're meant for. Mm -hmm. That's a reality for everyone, mm -hmm. not just you and I, right. You know, it's, you know, the same, it's true for everybody that is a, a follower of Christ. You know, it's when the Bible talks about money, it's being addressed to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so when we start to understand that the expectations that I can have on someone that I support financially are actually the same type of ex expectations that I should have on myself, mm -hmm. then it's going to help us weed through those expectations and create healthy boundaries there. Right. Um, you know, like, you talk about the, the car thing, you know, mm -hmm. you're not allowed to have a, a car that's, well, as a, as someone who is, uh, serving here in, in this area in Cumberland Bay at Arrowhead, you know, why wouldn't you have a car that was reliable? Mm -hmm. I mean, you go out one morning and your car doesn't start right. because it's 
15 years old. Right. And you can have the big conversation about the actual nuts and bolts of it. Well, is it more yeah. stewardly to have a vehicle that requires $300 of repair every yeah. two months or that you're making a $300 payment to, yeah. and that has a warranty. I mean, there, yeah. but, but oftentimes people don't think through that. They, they think, oh, well, like I have an iPhone. I just confessed. Okay. I have an iPhone and that can be looked on, especially early on in cell phone times yep. that was commented on as a missionary, me having an iPhone. Oh, I wish I was a missionary. I could have an iPhone too. The reality is that, you know, spending 900 minutes a month on the phone and not having a landline at our house, the stewardship of having a, a cell phone that was functional and did all kinds of things yep. was, was practical. Yep. Um, but. You know, all that being said, I think having enough faith in God that the missionaries you're supporting are being good stewards is a part of it. Because I've been to conferences where I've met missionaries who work in closed countries. They can't write a newsletter once a month and say what they've yeah. been doing. We have to have faith in God and in, in the work that they're doing, that yeah. they're being good stewards in China yeah. or whatever country it is they're working in. Yeah. Um, but I think for those of us who aren't in closed countries, like we try to be very transparent at Arrowhead. Yeah. We send out our field notes, um, every second Tuesday, we have fairly active social media magazines that we send out and this podcast and everything. Yeah. We want people to be aware that we're doing everything we can to steward the facility here well, um, our own time well, and, and that we're not just sitting around doing nothing every day, all day. Yeah. So I think there's a responsibility on missionaries to be transparent and open yeah. and, and be accountable for their time. Yeah. But there also has to be a balance of, of faith. And I think that that's all rooted in something you said at the beginning about relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, when you have a, when you have relationship with your supporters mm -hmm. and especially if you're in an area where you're able to be transparent like that, when you are able to communicate on a monthly basis mm -hmm. um, or, or week to week as mm -hmm. you're doing different things, whether you're using social media or whatever it is that you may be using, yeah, you're able to communicate to your, to your supporters and your financial partners, you know, saying without saying, without saying it, mm -hmm. you know, this is how I spend my days. This right. is how I live my life. Yeah. This is, uh, how I believe and how I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is directing me mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, that's going to build rapport. That's going to build that relationship where eventually your supporters are going to say, oh, you know what? It's, you know, we have such a good relationship with, with, with Grant and the people at Arrowhead, you know, it's, um, because there's, they are transparent, you mm -hmm. know, they have that ability there where they're at. Now, like you said, if you get into a closed country, you know, they're, they're, that's where that aspect of, you know, I give my, my finances to support this missionary in this country, which I'm not allowed to talk about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a reality that, that gift needs to be given with grace mm -hmm. and prayer mm -hmm. and to say, you know, that, and trusting that God is keeping them accountable because he will, God mm -hmm. is keeping those type of people, he's keeping everybody accountable. Mm -hmm. But in a situation where you don't have access to, to question or, uh, to wonder, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's important that you, that you leave that in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side of that is if you run into someone that, you know, they're, cause there are, they're, like you said, there's, there's missionaries on the field that, you know, they don't do anything. They're not very good stewards. On the flip side of that, there are financial supporters who have it in their heads that, you know, a gift given 
is a way to have some form of control. Right. Yeah. Uh, and as as people that are in the support raising process, we don't obviously go around with our little lenses looking for those type of people. But when you come across them, you know, it's 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 you have to evaluate whether or not mm-hmm. um, that type of thing is something you want to invite in your life. Yeah. Uh, and just being mindful of that, and, you know, and 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 you know, one of the things that. Heidi and I do when we pray about this is we say, you know, Lord, we only want to ask the people that you want us to ask. Mm -hmm. And we only want people to support us that you want supporting us, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, if someone's going, if someone comes to us and they say, I'll support you, but you need to do this, this, and this, and this, I'm going to respectfully decline. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, um, there's a ton, there's a list, list of different things that as cross-cultural mission ministers, workers we have to worry about and be aware of and, and mm-hmm. think about and that stress us out and um, and what we need to focus on uh, I don't need um, you know that mm-hmm. on, on the back of my mind about right. wondering wondering what someone is thinking right about what I'm doing yeah and uh, it's just a reality that yeah. pastors and missionaries uh, have one of the highest stress careers that are available. And the rate of burnout is very high in both of those capacities, pastors and missionaries. And I think if, if someone sees a missionary who has the opportunity to go to London with their family or Disneyland or Hawaii or something, and it seems like extravagant that instead of assuming they're being bad stewards, we should just praise God that he's provided the opportunity for them to have that rest. Because I, there's been times when I've been able to get away somewhere and I've felt nothing but stress about being away because what are my financial supporters going to think about this? And in reality, God's given me this opportunity for rest and I'm shirking it because of that tension. And, um, it, it, that's why we have the, the lake house ministry here at Arrowhead for pastors who for one reason or another, don't have funds or capacity to go somewhere to rest. They can come here and do it. Um, but, but I think we need to lean into celebrating God's provision instead of criticizing yeah. things we don't fully grasp. And, and I'm not trying to sound ungrateful or like a money grubber or like, uh, because of the topic of this podcast, it may sound like there, we have this imbalanced approach to money, but it's not the number one thing. Yeah. M- money isn't yeah. the ministry, but it's something we have to talk about that, that can sometimes be uncomfortable and it behooves both missionaries and supporters to think critically about their relationship with one another, their relationship with money and their relationship with God and, and how they're, how they're perceiving that money and, and how they're perceiving that relationship, you know, as as a person who worked in a secular job, I was accountable to my boss. I had to be at work at a certain time and leave at a certain time and accomplish certain things in order to achieve that pay. And as a Christian ministry worker, that accountability is to God now. It, it's it's almost even a higher accountability yeah. in some senses. I mean, yeah. you know, it's 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 important for us, I think, to analyze this. And and I think that there are things we can do to be more sensitive when we're asking for money. And I think there's things that people can do to be more receptive to the ask. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there's just, there's a whole lot, a whole lot to the whole conversation, but I really appreciate the, uh, the spirit and attitude that you guys have. And uh, we've appreciated knowing you guys and being a part of 
having you as neighbors as you're involved in your deputation and deputation and uh, support raising and we'll we'll continue to pray for you and hopefully you know you'll be able to uh to leave us sooner than later um, <laughs> and we can send you off to your mission field with your support yeah. yeah thank you you know for for letting me come on here and just you know speak about this you know it's it is uh you know it's about 85 percent of mine and heidi's life right now right um you know it's the big focus uh you know like i said we were just at a church this past sunday you know drove through you know a massive snowstorm to get there i'm I not know. sure why we like, did but what we, is happening you know we uh you know we got back and drove down the driveway with 12 inches of snow in it you know it just you know but you know god was was gracious and he he kept us safe on the roads and we're just so thankful for that you know but you know there's there's this reality that you know at this point in our life like it it has to be our focus mm. you know it, it it needs to be you know because it can't just you know, you hear stories of missionaries that don't ever ask or don't ever do anything and they get their support, you know, and, but those are exceptions, not the norm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, um, you know, the, as, as we're going through this process and that's, that's a whole nother topic for another day is the process of support raising is, you know, as we, you know, think about how to do it, how to ask, mm -hmm. you know, how to approach that, you know, what that looks like, mm -hmm. you know, that's a whole different thing, but that process has the ability to influence this type of stuff that we've been talking about this morning. Right. You know, as we get up there and we talk about money, you know, mm -hmm. being bold, talking about money, mm -hmm. you know, not hiding from it, not mm -hmm. shirking away from, from that, you know, taking that on as a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Not that I think I have a responsibility to inform, you know, the church in New Brunswick about how to handle their finances. Right. Um, but, you know, talking about money in a biblical way, mm -hmm. you know, seeing it as God sees it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and trusting that, you know, if he wants us to get to the mission field, wherever it is, mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, he is the one that is going to provide our finances for it. Yeah. He's the one that's going to make it possible for us to get there. It's not going to be Heidi and I. It's not going to be, you know, any uh, donor. It's not going to be the presentation that I've created. It's not going to be, you know, all the hard work we put into it. It's going to be God. Right. Um, He's going to achieve what he wants. The money's all his anyway. If yeah. he wants it, he'll kill you and take it. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's exactly. Uh, we just, yeah, resting in that can be hard sometimes. Yeah. 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 For sure. So, well, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll uh, try and keep warm. Yes. It's okay. very cold. <laughs> this has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. You can follow us on Twitter at ANBC underscore NCEM. Look for a new episode next week wherever you find your favorite podcasts.